Final Hour, Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. We're taking your phone calls, 617-779-7937. A lot of feedback on the uh, the text line at 37937 on Twitch as well. Uh, Twitch.tv. Lots of where ideas. Our live streams are Perhaps YouTube. I should send them to whoever the president of GW is. Yeah, when are they making a call on this? I think it's the end of this month. Okay. Well, keep those uh, keep those coming in. The suggestions definitely are better. Uh, by the way, it was uh, the Sentinels were from the replacements. Many people sent that as well. That's right. Keanu Six Reeves scars. and uh, and the replacements. I mentioned the uh, the live streams on Twitch. You can watch anytime on Twitch or on YouTube. Find Weei at Twitch.tv. Or YouTube.com. You can join the conversation in the chats there. Also, if you missed anything, check out our WEEI YouTube channel and catch up on our exclusive interviews and top moments from each and every show. We talked to Tommy Curran earlier today, uh, among other interviews this week. Scal, Raycroft, etc., etc. So just real quick, I do want to circle back to the Celtics and what's going on with Grant Williams. But I looked at quarterbacks over the last, uh, I think it's 11 years, right? And you mentioned the last decade. By my count, Five mobile quarterbacks and eight pocket passers have been in the Super Bowl the last 11 years. Five different? Yes. And this is, I would do eight total appearances versus 13 total appearances. Now, why did you choose 11 years? Well, I went back one more year with Kaepernick for sure. But Kaepernick, Wilson twice, Cam Newton, Mahomes three times, Jalen Hurts. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not not 50-50 yet. But it is trending towards a more mobile NFL over the last 10 years than it's ever been, and I just think that trend's going to continue. The pocket passers were, and it was Kaepernick and Flacco, so it's one each. We would, could subtract one each if you wanted to. Flacco, Manning twice. Brady, who really is the one who breaks the whole thing, with five appearances in that span. Ryan, Goff, Jimmy G, Stafford, and Burrow. When were you doing this math? In the, la- in the last break, when I had a chance to look at the We were talking. You were talking and doing math. No, no, no. In the in the break, in between, oh, in between Meg explaining and when okay. you brought this up, I was I, like, the, "This is very impressive." <laughs> no, 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 no. If I did it in the do sec- simple math no, while if, carrying a conversation about our dogs being no, afraid I would, of fireworks, I, I would have brought it up, about y equals mx plus b. I would have brought it up fifteen minutes ago if I could have done it in the middle of the segment. No, I just went back and looked. So, like, can you still get there with a mobile quarterback? Yes, you yes, mean you can. With a pocket passer, I'm sorry, with a pocket passer, yes, you can. But I think the trend over the last decade has been that the mobile quarterback, you have a better chance of getting there. You certainly can win. Wilson won. Mahomes has won. Um, And again, Mahomes is like his own weird freak on one side. So if you want to say Brady's his own weird freak on the pocket master side, fine. But like you can win with a mobile quarterback. And I just think that trend's going to continue. And I think if you're still stuck in 1991, that's a problem at the quarterback spot. But that's just closing the loop on that. I think there's probably been more mobile quarterbacks in that game than you give it credit for. Where do you think the preference comes from? Well, no, no. I was just saying that you don't have to go mobile quarterback. You're making it sound like this is the only direction that the league is going in. Well, it is the direction the league is going, but I I would. That's all I would Mm, I'm looking two years ago, and it's not there. This year it was. But the trend is going that way. You don't disagree with that. I I mean, 20 20 years ago, there were no mobile quarterbacks quarterbacks are better than they've ever been. Yes. Trend. Trend is going that way. I think way. pocket passers are still a viable kind of quarterback. Yeah, I question at, it. At the elite level. But I'll ask you this, and to try to climb inside Bill Belichick's brain, why do you think he is still tied to the pocket passer? Why is he not excited by because a mobile Because he's old and he's not going to change it's his ways. It's just that. Yeah. Yes. He's, yeah. he's still okay. a human at the end of the day. He's old and he's not going to change his ways. He's set in his ways. He was stubborn 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's 70 years old. I just don't understand old. why you wouldn't get excited by if if the available quarterback that you think is the best happens. I guess he doesn't think it's the best if what you do is you make plays with well, your legs. Well, he's also, you know, very 
He has a high opinion of himself. So yeah, he sure, doesn't want he doesn't want freelancing quarterbacks going outside his system because he believes in his system. That's what I wonder how much of it is too, but also how much of it is having the so opposite of a mobile quarterback be successful for you for two decades. It, it could be that. But I like, mean, if Bill anything's going to gonna make you biased towards pocket passers, it's going to be Tom Brady. Bill needs to look at it and we go. We took him out of here because we were like, he's too much of an outlier because he's too good. Bill needs to realize he was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple with Brady. Like, you, you didn't create Brady. Brady created you when it comes to success, yeah, in my Bill estimation. I think Bill might disagree with you No, I, I, I know he does. But, like, I, wake up. Look at the rest of your career without Brady. Like, you tell me. You want to look at data. Look at the rest of Bill's career without Brady. It's not, even, losers. it's not even close. And what did Brady do the second he left Bill? I don't remember. What did he do again? He won a Super Bowl. For the oh, record, right, right away. I'm not, like, team pocket passer. No, I, no. I love Jalen Hurts. I think he, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is... The most elite quarterback in the no, league. No, I think for the you're much more years. open-minded about it than Bill. But I, I just think that there's somebody like Joe Burrow is a pocket she tried passer, it in college, and he's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Burrow has some mobility, but I would, I would definitely call him a. pocket You definitely passer. need to have some mobility. Yeah, and and again, be able to make plays when when it's breaking down around you. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. So we started off the show talking Celtics today, and I did want to circle back to them. Are you feeling better about the Celtics today than you were coming off the three-game losing streak? I'm feeling slightly better, but my feet are on the ground in that you played the Portland Trailblazers and they're 12th in the West. But I was mostly buoyed by Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum shot much better. thought the defense overall looked better. Again, you're, you're playing not to be disrespectful to Damian Lillard, but the cast around him is incredibly unimpressive. This team has given up on their season. And I think this is the right way to feel. Like, I feel a little better. But Tatum looked good. Yeah, I, I feel better. If they would have lost, I'd be like, you know, like slamming the panic button. Or We've already been they, hitting the panic button. I would have broken the panic if button. If they won and Tatum looked bad, I'd be like, God. Yeah, right. Tatum can't even show up against the Blazers? Dude. I, I feel a little better, but I agree with what Arkan said earlier. They have more work to do, and this road trip is where they got to do it. Yeah, they have a road trip coming up with a lot of soft teams, and I know they're on the road, but it doesn't matter. You still should be beating Houston and Minnesota and Utah and, you know, the rest of Atlanta uh, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, on Saturday. And the other thing about it is, the Celtics have been a 500 team since January. Like they're not, you know what I mean? Like you're not. It's not just going back to these last three games. Yeah, what are they? Are they nine and nine or ten and ten? Something like that. Yeah, over the last or eleven and 18, nine, something like games, that. Yeah. But it's not. It's not pretty, and it's definitely not something that you look back on and think, "Oh, they'll be fine. Everything's okay." Like no, this has been going on for over a month now. Uh, coming up on two months. Two months of 500 basketball is something that you have to turn around right now. And now you have a good opportunity to do it with the soft underbelly of your season here. And if mm. they don't, then I'm going to be very worried. Delicious. Yeah. So. Look, that road trip, people are making it sound like, oh, it's six games and they're all out west. No, they're not. It starts in Atlanta, for God's sakes. Minnesota's in there. Where else do they go off the top of my head? Houston, Portland, Utah, Yeah, so, like, I don't know. It's a six-game road trip, but it's a lot of easy teams outside of Sacramento. They should clean up on this And they're not flying like Kendrick Perkins was in that tweet he had a couple weeks ago where he's clearly like a coach. And people are... People are are jamming their feet in his legroom? Man-spreading around him. No, that's not what they're doing. It's a good point. They're flying comfortably. So I I don't think this road trip's as daunting as people are making it out to be. Like on the broadcast last night, 8,000 round-trip miles. It's like, yeah, I I think they're going to be fine. Most of the teams suck. What, are we worried about Atlanta and freaking Houston now? The, The Blazers, who they just whooped? We're worried about these teams? 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. Are you feeling better about the team today? You should be a little bit, but you should still have questions. And the Grant Williams thing, to me, is part and parcel to all of it. Megan wrote about this today at weei.com. You can check it out. Uh, here's what Joe Missoula had to say after the game about Blake Griffin, who he chose to play 
over Grant Williams until garbage time, the fourth quarter, when the game was over last night, and see if there's a certain buzzword that catches your ear when he's talking about Blake. You went with uh, Blake as the big off the bench primarily tonight. What uh, what led to that decision, and what did you uh, see out of him? Uh, Blake just is a professional, brings a lot of experience. I think um, he helps us force turnovers with his activity, his hand activity, uh, his ability to take charges his overall communication, and I think he does a great job on the offensive end of screening and getting the ball where it needs to get to. And so, you know, I think as we come down the stretch, it's important uh, to really just rely on his experience, and he's been such a professional for it. And, um, you know, he's somebody that we're going to need. Professional. He's professional, which means Grant Williams isn't professional, and something's off with the team. And not to talk too much about the seventh, eighth, ninth guy on the roster or lower now that he's in Joe Missoula's doghouse, but something's off with the team where not everybody's pulling in the same direction where at this time last year, everybody was pulling in the same direction, right? To use a, 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 a word from Red Sox spring training, the vibes were good. They don't feel so good with this Celtics team. And that to me is the issue. And if we could talk about vibes at Red Sox spring training, we should be able to talk about them with this uh, Celtics team. The Grant Williams thing is right in the middle of all of it because it seems like the players disagree. Yeah, I, I that jumped out to me immediately because the question was, why Blake over Grant? Essentially, that was the question. And it came down to professionalism, largely, is what Joe Mazzula said. He didn't say it's about matchups. Grant hasn't been on the injury report, although Jared Weiss from The Athletic had a report that sources told him he's been dealing with some kind of elbow strain or something that mm-hmm. may be real. But at the same time, he's not on the injury reports. He was free to play the entire fourth quarter. Right. He, he did, sat he three did play. quarters before that. He played the entire fourth quarter. Because if he wouldn't have played, then maybe it would lend some credence to, oh, he's not 100%. He played, so he's fine. And I guess people may say, you know well, who cares about Grant Williams? He's on the bench, whatever. First of all, I'd say if you're looking at championship contention, the bench matters a lot when you get to that point. When you're playing on these margins, that matters a lot. Second of all, if Rob Williams, who's injured right now, or Al Horford, who isn't at an advanced age for the league, if those two are not available at some point in the playoffs, which is a very real possibility because we see it often, and I know that Al's not playing back-to-backs, and that won't be a case in the playoffs but because of the schedule, but there still may be mitigating factors that come up in a long playoff run. Who are you throwing in there? At have, or even if Al Horford is healthy, Grant Williams is not. Al Horford is not going to play 48 minutes. It's a good Who question. Who are your other bigs going in? Are you putting in Blake Griffin six minutes into the game the way they, they did last night? I would hope not. The Nets barely used him in the playoffs last year. He was, put mocked, him on Giannis? he was mocked by Celtics fans last year. No, I wouldn't. Put him on your god, Joel Embiid? No. 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 So look, Although, this is, that, that's Blake a real and, uh, question. Blake I, and Cornet did okay on him. I care <laughs> less about year. the rotation piece to it. I'm not saying it's unimportant. I care less about the rotation piece to it and more about what it represents that the Celtics feel off. They're benching guys who were key players for them last year. care less year. about the basketball, more about the vibes. Well, I mean, I do. I care about what it all represents. I mean, why is he getting benched? Why are you getting benched with 15 games left to go or whatever it is, 17, 18, 20 games left to go? Why are you getting benched? Why are there problems in the locker room or problems between a player and coach? And Grant Williams isn't the only one. Like, Derek White was asked after the game about sitting in crunch time. Peyton Pritchard's popped off about his minutes before. Like, I don't think Grant's the only one. And I think there's a little bit of this going on with the Celtics. I think it's some of the problem. I think it's a big part of the problem. 
And Missoula's front and center with it. I think his frustration came through last night. We'll get to that with all your phone calls. 617-779-7937 after trending with Christian Arkin. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. This is Jones and Mako on WEEI. Jason, the other night in Cleveland, talking to the guys, they said there was a real sense of urgency coming into this game. What do you like about the way you guys responded? Yeah, I think, you know, we were in a situation where we was up 15 or so in the second, um, and we kept that lead, right? You know, we haven't done that lately. Um, and even in the third quarter, starting off well, pushing the lead out, and not letting them back in the game. Um, you know, something we struggled with, obviously, the last couple of games. And uh, we're about to go on a long road trip, so we're going to come, come here get a good win before we uh, go on the road. It's Jason Tatum last night with Abby following the Celtics' victory, which had been a while since they broke through with a win. I sense a little bit of frustration there from Jason Tatum with the blown leads, not just relief that they picked up a victory. That's one of the things we've discussed. It's 617-779-7937. It's how you get in touch with Jones and Mego with Arkin. Here on a Thursday, I like, like this. Song. Yeah, this is uh, funky. It sounds like something your uh, brother would be a fan of, right? Parliament. He likes Batman Pajama. I feel like this is in a, a similar vein. Although I realized, Arkan, that you said Foxy Brown yesterday, not Jackie Brown. I was thinking the film <laughs> Jackie Brown. You said no, Foxy, Foxy Brown, Brown when she redid the song, which yeah. I, I, it took me hours and hours and uh, much time to figure out what you even said. But yes, Foxy Brown. Yes, Batman Pajama. This is a great song. That was your brother's favorite song, or the original was your brother's favorite song? I don't know which one. The Bad Mamma Jamma one is the one that he likes. He plays well, maybe, it all the time. Maybe it's the Foxy Brown one. I don't know which one. That would make more sense. But maybe no, I, I think it's the one that, it's definitely the was one. Was there a lady rapping one. on it or not? No. That, oh, well, then <laughs> no, there you go. It was the Bad Mamma Jamma. <laughs> right. Foxy Brown. I mean, you want to talk about working a little blue. The ill na na, yeah. Yeah, Foxy Brown would work a little blue. That's true. <laughs> so, anyway, so there was some frustration with the Celtics. Uh, I sensed a little bit of it from Jason Tatum, and there was something you wanted to hear here from Jalen Brown post game. Let's hear from Jalen uh, after the win last night. The balance with five starters and double figures is that something you'd like to see more of? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we are, you know, focusing on you know playing the right way, we just got to continue to make emphasis. You know, we can't get caught up in in our own stats and get caught up in our own individual. You know way of thinking you know at this time of the year it's about us so we need to display that from the top to the bottom so who's he talking about basey top to the bottom it, that was very basey who was he talking yeah. about yeah absolutely i mean it yeah, sounds girl. like right now and i think you see this sometimes on the floor it's a little bit too much individuals right now and you, you brought it up before, Peyton Pritchard around the trade deadline, basically saying, I want to get traded somewhere else that mm-hmm. I can play more. That's the bottom. At the top, I don't know. Maybe it's him. Maybe he's talking about himself at times. Maybe he's talking about Tatum. Maybe he's talking about Marcus Smart. Maybe the last person I think he's talking about, I think the one person who's totally excluded from this, besides maybe Al Horford, because he just seems to rise above it, is Derek White. Derek White seems extremely comfortable just going wherever. Yeah. And maybe that's just how he presents himself, but it, he really does. Uh, Jared Weiss from The Athletic pointed this out when Derek White was speaking postgame yesterday in person. He was like, you, I don't think you've ever heard you come up here and complain about something. 
just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's not complaining. I I would imagine he wants to be out there at the end of games. And I imagine there's guys who look at it and go, maybe he should be out there at the end of games. Because I, I think that, I'm not saying every game you have to close with White and Brogdon, Tatum, Brown, Horford. But there are games where they should go Derek White over Marcus Smart. I feel that way. I bet Derek White feels that way, regardless of how he expresses himself. And maybe people in the locker room feel that way. And this is why we get texts. 37937. Jones, you're a sorority girl. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fine. I, I don't even necessarily disagree with that. But, like, I, I, I am into the drama with this team and interested in it because similar things were said in the 1819 season. And if you want to tell me this isn't as bad as Kyrie, fine. Maybe it's not as bad as Kyrie. But all these people learned under Kyrie. Tatum, Brown, Smart, they were all on that team. All of them. And they all still like him. And they all still like him. Thank you. So I just remember hearing that the whole season, Arcan, from Celtics fans and Celtics media, like, it's not that bad. Don't worry about it. No big deal. You're overreacting. Sorority girls following the drama. And, like, I just remember hearing that and being like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this team. There was something wrong with that team. And I think there's something wrong with this team now, too. And I do think Missoula is a big part of it. And I don't want to say a coach is going to – you know, be the difference maker, but just look at it. The players, I don't think, respected Brad Stevens necessarily, especially at the end. And what happened? They couldn't get over the hump and get to an NBA Finals. They brought in a coach they respected, maybe not the greatest guy off the, the floor, but they brought in a coach they respected and immediately got to an NBA Finals. We're going to see if they get back there again with Missoula. But like Tatum, even still at the All-Star Game this year, is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ime Udoka, my favorite coach. Probably my favorite coach, he said. So I do think a coach can get in the way. And I think Missoula is struggling now because he's really having to coach for the first time. We were just talking about this off the air, Mega. Mm-hmm. But like when you start 18 and four coming off a, a, an appearance in the NBA finals and you're one of the betting favorites to win a championship, I, I don't know how much coaching you really had to do. Like everything you tried just worked right away. And I don't know how much you were coaching versus just, well, every everything's going right right now. Here's what I wanted. It was right for a time being, and I'm just going with it. He didn't have to adjust. He didn't have to do anything. And then you look at where the Celtics are at now. I feel like he's having to coach for the first time, and I think he's struggling with that. And I think the players now are kind of looking at him sideways, and he's managing personalities like Grant Williams, and he's having to coach for the first time. Maybe he'll get through the adversity, and the whole team will be better for it, or maybe maybe he's hitting adversity and he can't handle it. Well, and We're going to find out, but I think he's having to coach for the first time. Tied into that, in the Grant Williams conversation of suddenly Blake Griffin is starting, or not starting, but getting, he's one of the first subs. Mm-hmm. He's getting in halfway through the first quarter and he's playing substantial minutes. And he played good defense and he had two steals while he was in and the team went up. Took a charge. Like, yeah, did, you know, did what what they expected of him. And after the game, Missoula says this is essentially about professionalism. And then, Ryan, can we get the sound that you uh, rolled in from practice today, I believe? Because he, it was followed up. He was asked about Missoula. Grant and these different... Yeah, Missoula was asked about these different lineups with uh, different bigs coming in. And this is what he said. Yeah, I don't really think it's about Grant. I think it's we're fully healthy. And we have a lot of options and we develop different identities. And we play around nine guys. And so when you play nine guys... You know, you can pick from anybody. And so it's not really about him as nope. much as it's about what, because we have so much depth, 
this is where we're going with. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It doesn't mean that you're not a good player. What it means is we have a lot of options that we can go to. Here's what we're going to now. And we need that continued humility and professionalism to when it is your time to just be ready to go, which our guys have done the entire season. So it's not about one guy. Uh, it's about our depth and how do we maximize that. I don't think the Celtics are overly deep. The first part of that isn't even true. They're not healthy. We're fully healthy. You're Rob healthy. Williams isn't playing right now. Fair point. You're not fully healthy. That's not true. That's why he like how do maybe maybe Rob Williams is fully healthy right now and for some reason they're giving him if, like extended load management. I mean, he does get injured a lot. If Blake Griffin's your first big off the bench, you're not deep. And you're right, they're not healthy. But like if Blake if you're again, the Nets were getting swept by the Celtics and weren't playing Blake Griffin until the end of that series last year. Now he's your first big off the bench. Your first wing off the bench is Sam Hauser. Yeah, exactly. You're not that deep. You're very deep at guard. Maybe when you're fully healthy, you have a little bit of depth at, at, at big. But no, they're not they're not that deep. I disagree with that characterization, and you're right, they're not even healthy. So what is he talking about? Yeah, and Grant Williams sources are saying are telling the athletic that he has some kind of strain in his elbow. So that's not fully healthy. I mean, if you're playing that card, I also don't understand this isn't the first time that Blake Griffin has been available during the season. So my question is because and and I wrote about this, uh, Missoula decided to roll out two different lineups in the first quarter last night. So not when they had a sizable advantage or anything like that very early in the game that had only played one minute together this entire season in game time. Only one minute together. And NBA teams do not practice that often, especially compared to other leagues. So they had only played one minute together, two different lineups. And this is in the middle of a slump. Yeah. On, uh, understandably against the Blazers. Why is the experiment? Why is the experimenting happening now? Because something's wrong, and because you don't want to play Grant. Correct. The rotation you want and envisioned something's off. Whatever's going on between Grant Williams and Joe Missoula, and maybe other players in Joe Missoula, something's off with the team. It's been off with the team now for a while. That's why this is not this is not the rotation. What he played last night is not the rotation he wants to play in a perfect world. Yeah, I don't really think it's about Grant. No. 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. Can I hear more from Missoula post-game last night? I like this. I liked Missoula when asked about the, uh, oh, what was it again? The shot. Shot profile. Thank you. Shot profile, Ryan. Let me hear Let me hear Missoula's answer to this. I enjoyed I think, this. Except for one, maybe two, uh, all your baskets were threes or in the paint. What would you think of just kind of the, the shot profile in general? And what's the key? Ours or theirs? Yours. Oh. Uh, made baskets, threes and paint oh. uh, baskets. Um, what do you think of kind of the shot profile and just what's what's kind of the key for you guys in getting those shots? Like what has to go right for that time? I always had a question about like when we shoot a lot of threes and miss, everybody asks me questions, but when we shoot a lot of layups and miss, nobody says anything. Yeah. How many layups we missed today? Like I don't understand that. Like just because you're close to the basket doesn't mean it's easier to score. And so like we missed a lot of layups and you know, we have to do a good job making those. And so I thought our shot profile was really good. I thought on that stretch where we didn't shoot the ball well, we we continued to guard. And I thought when we missed layups, we did a decent job of sprinting back in transition. Um, but I've always wondered that. Like, no one asks, like, it's 10 layups tonight. How come? Oh, that's right now. What? Why are you missing layups? I don't know. That's what I want to find out. Yeah, you, you know why nobody asked? Because you don't know the answer because it was probably just fluky. Guys should make like 100% of their layups, and every time they miss, it's a fluke, or maybe it's a contested shot. But don't tell me it's easier to shoot out by the three-point line than it is by the rim. That's stupid. And furthermore, what's crazy is that I think he believes it. Like um, I, I've always wondered that. I think he believes it. That he, it's easy to, he easier looks, to shoot a three than a layup? He looks at an open three and a layup is like the same thing. A layup is a term now used outside basketball to describe he, how easy something is. He looks at it like it's the same thing. An open three, if you have room to 
measure it up and dial it up from the corner, especially given the the odds that uh, or the uh, the the math and that you're going to get three points for it versus two. He thinks it's the same thing. It's not. It's not. And that whole philosophy to me isn't just the Celtics, but that is an annoying philosophy. If just you because have, you're closer to the basket doesn't mean it's easier to yeah, score. Yeah, it does. It actually does. If you're closer to the basket, it is easier Unless to score. Unless you have an insane rim protector. Yeah. Or unless, again, like yeah, maybe... Yusuf Nurkic maybe and Jeremy if, Grant. If you have a guy who can't dribble like Sam Hauser and can't get to the... If he just magically finds himself at the rim, it's still easier to shoot from there. But like some guys who can't get to the rim, fine. Maybe I understand that logic. Tatum? Tatum's better at the rim than he is from three. Yeah, Jalen Brown better at the rim than he is from three. Your stars are better at the rim than from the behind the arc. But I don't, I don't know that Missoula really believes that. I think Missoula looks at it and goes exactly what he says. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily easier to shoot at the rim than out by three. Devils advocate, is it possible he's talking about like physical effort? That it takes more physical effort and more more of a beating to run it into the paint than to be outside the arc and, and swing the ball around and find the best look because it seems like that's the offense that he's most interested maybe in. i just he's he's more also likely like the shot will be contested in the paint that's yeah what i thought but the other i mean it's still not a great excuse but i'm still, just trying yeah. to wonder and he did a terrible job setting if even if that is the devil's advocate okay maybe he meant this he did a terrible job trying to get his point across yeah he did and by the way why are you guys asking me about threes because you told us it's the most important stat in basketball you told us that you did that. And you missed 31 of them last night. So that's why. Because you keep bringing it up. Oh, why does nobody ask me about layups? The I don't know. The point attempt rate is the most important I expect people to make layups. It's crazy when you don't make layups. That boggles my mind. People are going to miss threes. Like, I get that. One is 23 feet away. The other is two feet away. So one's easier than the other. What are we talking about? 617-779. And the question was really more about, like, hey, you really didn't take many mid-range jumpers. Right. Like, that wasn't falling. Is that is that intentional? Like, about your shot selection. And he's like, that I get. how come nobody asked me about the layups that Malcolm Brogdon made? I don't even fully agree with it, but it's like, oh, you're not shooting an elbow jump shot versus a three. The key Ours is. are theirs. Yours. Fine. Like, that one, fine. I'll, I'll, it's probably easier to make an elbow jump shot wide open, but whatever, fine. You want to shoot the three because there's more value in, the, in three points versus two. I, I get that math. A layup? That's insane, Arkand. Insane. It is. Uh, shooting layups is generally pretty easy unless you're Megan at the shots for your character. You know what? Why don't you? <laughs> at least I, I went, showed up on time. That's I was, true. I wasn't even going to go there. I wasn't. Um, I, I wasn't to even going to defend myself. You don't have the white knight for me. But That's true. I, That's well, I, I, I already went there earlier. I didn't feel like. Uh, I think we have someone who wants to white knight for a. Uh, you want You want to go to John in New Hampshire? Go ahead, John. You know, Jones. I think you hate Missoula because he's just as argumentative as you are. You're just, you, think you, I, you question everything. You think that's what it is? He questions somebody on a, some reporter. You think he's a big jerk, but you're just as bad. You're such a, a well, John. Fraud. John, let me ask you. Do you, John? Do you think I'm a jerk? Yeah. Okay. Well then. Well. Well then. Fine. Then maybe we're both jerks. Maybe me and Missoula are both jerks. But at least. But like, if he's questioning everything, like I'm questioning everything, then John also thinks Missoula's a jerk, right? Do you ever find yourself bristling against someone because they remind you of the worst attributes yeah, that you no, know that you I, have? I, I, I hate I, deep down. I hate myself, so I, I understand <laughs> like looking that. Looking into a mirror, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's why I criticize Missoula. No, I just I why do I criticize them? Because it was stupid to remove the interim tag. Like I've really you noticed this? How much was I criticizing him before they removed the interim tag? Like maybe here and there, I'm like, oh, he's a little bit odd. Since they've removed the interim tag and they're like committed to him, I, I've been more critical because now he's the coach. Now he's not just some interim coach filling in for Udoka. Now he's the coach. And so, yeah, I've been critical, of course, because I don't like where it's going. And by the way, since they removed the interim tag, he's 4-4. Like, the team hasn't responded to that. 
It was I, always stupid. I think it's fair to be critical when the team hasn't been playing well. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. And by the way, it's more the players' fault than Missoula. I acknowledge that. The players are more at fault than Missoula, but still. I also think the fact that a coach or a coaching change over the course of these last three years having such a dramatic effect is not really a good thing for these players. It doesn't It doesn't make me feel better about the future of this team. Does that make sense? Yeah. If, the, if these sort of things can affect the outcomes of these seasons and the way that they play and the pride they take in their div and all these other things, if they need a coach for that, like any coach, like I just I feel like that's uh, that's the markings of a mentally weak team. I'll tell you, I I feel that way about the Bruins. Like the Bruins needed that, the Celtics needed it after Brad Stevens. Maybe the Patriots should go for that. Maybe the Patriots should take a page out of that playbook. Uh, Anthony is in Houston. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm wondering why is it that we're so critical of our sporting teams in in Boston, where other teams are just dying to have a, a winning team. Yeah, I mean, Anthony, I mean, historically, Anthony, they just came off a three-game losing streak, so I don't know. Like, that feels to me like a reason to be critical. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's just a bump. I mean, wait till playoff. I mean, that's where the point thing. That's let's what, wait till the playoffs, guys. Let's not talk about the Celtics till the playoffs. You want to do that? Microphones off now. And, let's do. Let's do that. All right, bye. Let's not talk. Let's not talk about the Celtics till the playoffs. Should we do that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're not. We're, we're. They won last night. I understand that. I still don't feel good generally about where they're going, and they're the two seed in the East. Shouldn't they be the best team in the East? Yes. I think so. They should be the best team in the league. Are Supposed can- to be. They've been all year well, until recently. But you said you were taking the Bucks over them, so maybe you don't fully agree with that. But I think they should be the best team in the league. They're not. So that's a good reason to be critical right now. Our buddy JP is in North Providence. Go ahead, JP. Jones, you just got called critical. Apparently, he must be a new listener. <laughs> I, think, I think that's fair. Yeah, JP. I'm going to translate what Missoula is saying. We're bleeped because we can't rebound the ball without Williams out there, so we got to chuck him up from half court because if we're underneath missing layups, we're not rebounding. We look even worse. Maybe he should do the press conference with the sleep tape over his mouth. <laughs> I, I do. I do think <laughs> that Missoula is feeling it, and I think how confrontational he's been, which is why we're ratcheting up our commentary, but how confrontational he's been, I think he is – I think he's feeling the pressure a little bit. Which is understandable. Yeah, you're he's getting a close to the first time head coach. You're getting close to the postseason. Things aren't working. Cannot, you're a first time head I coach. I cannot imagine the stress level. But now, he came I into would, this with such a benefit of the doubt though. Like this was these were circumstances that were dropped on him because of everything that happened with Ime Udoka. Yep, but now now but that's what I'm saying. The the team what has changes changed. they started. They're so not eighteen and four. Well, and now he's not there the interim the guy. There was the perception for a long, but for now he's not the interim the season. guy. Now, well, I think it's more the perception for most of the season was this is far and away such a talented team. They look better than last year. They're definitely getting back to the finals. They better win this year. And very recent, last two months, it has not looked that way on the court. But I think a lot more people would be, present company excluded, would be willing to give him more benefit of the doubt because of what this team has looked like for the majority of the season. But when he pops off the way that he does in these press conferences, and we're playing something basically after yeah, every not. single game, we're like, wow, this is weird. This is weird, too. We're on the day four of weird Joe Missoula press conferences. He is not doing himself any no. favors by going after people that really just want the answers to the questions. As Kendrick Park said, I hope you keep that same energy in the locker room because yeah, you're going after the wrong people. I agree. He's not helping himself. He's not helping himself at all. Uh, and, and by by being so catty and combative, that's not helping him. Uh, but whatever. Maybe it's just me looking myself in a mirror and deep down I hate myself. That's probably true. <laughs> Look, not that when, deep, I, I don't think. when I run into like another brunette and she's like, 
got kind of an annoying voice and she's very They're opinionated like, out there and talks about her dog. I'm like, this girl You're sucks. Like, <laughs> I understand God. that. Uh, 617-779-7937. The Red Sox played earlier today, which means Keith is coming up, right? Uh, 20 minutes from now, you can jump in line. For Rich Keith here on WEEI, we have Endgame next. Jones and Mego return after this on WEEI. Y'all want to play a f***ing game? Game over, man. Game over. You little punk. Endgame sponsored by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car. Donate today. Your car can be picked up tomorrow. Call 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS today or donate online at carsforkids.org. Remember, that's cars with a K. How do you handle end games. I was gonna say, you know, maybe I shouldn't be so critical of Joe Mazzula. He is a he does love this segment. He's a P one. I mean, the guy, the guy is a fan of Endgame. There's Definitely. no doubt about it. He's about been, the end game. He's been talking about it every post game press conference all week. He didn't do it last. That's night true. He, I think he was a little sheepish since I was sitting there. That's true. You intimidated Absolutely. him a little bit. He's like, oh my god, it's Megan Adelini from Endgame. <laughs> she and, sucks at it. <laughs> She's not very good at Come it. Come on, Joe. Keep it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your favorite segment. He's like, the person. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, Meg's play. If he starts working in Meg's planning to a post game, then we, then we let, really know we're on to something. Let me explain this to you guys. <laughs> let me Meg explain why three-point attempts are so important. <laughs> um, all right. We'll start with the Celtics and uh, the game last night. We remember Jason Tatum finished with 30 points. This Celtic finished with 21 points on 8 of 12 shooting. I mean, this isn't fair because Mega was there. Yeah, there. It would be worse if she doesn't get it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure I Wait, have it. It was 8 of what? 8 of 12 shooting. Ooh. Second guessing herself. I know it's one of these two. They must have given, like, you must have had, like, a real box score last night, right? You were given, yeah. like, a physical box score. No, I don't waste the paper. You see true? me. I recycle the paper. Well, they, like printed, they printed it out either way. I mean, the, pa- the paper's, they, paper's the, wasted, whether you're the, wasting um, it or not. The paper's... I don't know her name. The woman who passes out the box score, she knows. I always go, no, I'm okay. I have it on my computer. And she goes, that is so good of you. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. Again, you're not saving anything. She's already printed it. That was like a wild time. Well, she there true. she prints one less because she knows oh, that I don't need Oh, this it. is pre-printing. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. I thought she had like a giant and stack And the of planet papers. was saved. And Mego saved the planet. <laughs> All right. It looks like you guys Wind, are both done writing. Earth, <laughs> fire, water, <laughs> Mego. I'm really second guessing this. I know Mighty it's Mego one of these two. Um, All right. Let's go with Bradford uh, just said if you don't get this right, you're just revoking your press credentials. Oh, no. Question one last night, the Celtic finished with 21 points on 8 of 12 shooting. Mego, who was it? Al. No. That is Damn, incorrect. I knew it was Derek White. Derek White. Oh. Derek White is correct. Mego, I got to be honest. I put that in there for you. Uh, all right. Jones, are you available to go to Atlanta on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, enjoy that. Woof. All right. Let's go to question number two. It involves the Bruins and their opponents tonight. Oh, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, led by Connor McDavid, who wears this number oh, on his sweater. Come on. Just the best player in the league. Maybe you should know his number. You know that this is Jones's weakness. Yeah, right. That's that's that that is exactly why for I'm... like random player. Maybe I thought you know number one player in the NHL. That's true. Hockey Jones should probably know the best. One of the best players to, in the history I'm of to hockey. Visualize yeah. in I my think mind. I actually think I have it, but I'm I'm not overly confident. Okay, it's not 420. The that's good what you're the good news is that's you, Ricky's number on Trailer Park. Boy. The good news is you won't be able to see it unless you have the ESPN app. That's true. Which I really or I, uh, Hulu. I really don't want to hear people bitching about that. It's like uh, I'm an ESPN insider, so I don't mean to big time you guys, <laughs> but you know it's it's pretty easy to just download the thing and watch it. You Doc, go to ESPN.com. And it's the, right there. Doctor No, Doctor No did it right. Doctor Who. 
Doctor Who did he it. He did it by accident. He didn't know that the game last Saturday oh, was yeah. on ABC. <laughs> so he downloaded ESPN Plus and then found out it was on ABC. So it will be on. Tonight. Yeah. Okay. All right. The I think question this is, is wrong, but... I'm going with that. Connor McDavid, who leads the league in everything, is on uh, the Edmonton Oilers, who the Bruins are hosting tonight. He wears this number on his jersey. Jones, what do you got? I said 99. 99 is wrong. Damn it. What the is number it? we were looking for? Mego, your guess? I said 21. 97. Oh! 97. 97. 97 is what we were looking for. 97. That's going to be the point differential between him and <laughs> David Pasternak this year. Could be. With the, um, the rate it's going. That's the amount of heart votes he's going to get compared to Linus Allmark. Um, yeah, probably that too. Um, all right. The last question we have here involves George Washington, not the university, the president. George okay. Washington, the president. And the question is... His teeth are made of wool. How many children... Did George and Martha Washington have closest oh, without on. going over? Is uh, will be the winner here. How many children without going over? Without going over, how many children did George and Martha Washington have? I kind of want to price is right this again. That did not work last time I did it. Because the real answer is I have no idea. So the it's father a- of our country that doesn't count. That's true, because then the numbers... Are, so it of, has to be between kids, yeah. George and Martha. It can't be illegitimate or um, historically illegitimate. Yes. Okay. It wasn't like a Montel or a Jerry Springer back then. To, he wasn't you are Thomas not the Jefferson father. Either. Yeah. Um, Actually, maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't there. <laughs> so I'm really wavering on if I want to do a real guess or a Price is Right guess. Not to give away my strategy here to Mego. I actually think that there might be something here. I mean, you should know. I think I have it. You should know. I think I have I'm going to do a real answer. I'm not going to price this right. Okay. I'm going to do a real answer. You do whatever you got to do. <laughs> and tell me how many children were sired what a, by what, George Washington. What a shocking update, or upset, rather, that there's no Sean Kemp questions today. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah. Like I'll our, save that for tomorrow. Well, well tomorrow's too By the late. way, free, free Kemp. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I'm willing to go there. They oh, said it was a drive-by shooting. Did you see that video? He I wasn't still, driving. It was uh, a walk-by. He it walked was... right up to that car in broad daylight. Yeah. Sean and Kemp, I didn't I, hear anybody shoot at him first. Either. I said this off the air. I, I had very few posters. Oh my growing god, up, Sean Kemp! But I did have the rain. I did have the Sean Kemp Rain Man poster mm. that I feel like was borderline mandatory for uh, children of the '90s. I had a Griffey poster. I had a Chris Weber poster, which was random. I had a poster of a Lamborghini. Nice. <laughs> that I bought at the Scholastic With like Book a, Fair. Like a bikini oh, yeah. model on it or no? no just like an actual straight car. up Lamborghini. Okay. Yeah, it might have been a Porsche. I remember those from the book fair. Yeah, those you remember cool. the Scholastic Book Fair? Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember I'm those gonna posters. I'm going to get a car and I'm going to get three puppies on a poster. Oh, so this is like a... Uh, I was getting goosebumps What books. do you call them? Not like a dream journal. What do you, what do you call them? More like you're like trying to like... board? Yeah, vision. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're trying to like manifest having Kinda. a Lamborghini. I see. Yeah, yeah. This is a weird selection. I like it. All right. The Jones question goes is: first. Jones goes first. How many children did George Don't and Martha Washington have? Chat cheater! I already, I already wrote it down. 13. The answer: thirteen. One thirteen. For, one for each colony. Thirteen. That is incorrect. Mego. Did I go over? Yes. Goose egg. Damn it. Mego says goose egg, and that is correct. George and Martha Washington didn't have any kids. It was kind of a trick question, and Mego got it right, which I means should, I should price is right. It. It means we have a tie. Oh, and does. you know what we no, do when we have a tie? Yes, it does. Oh, it does. You, but we've tied here, so that means I get to do my tiebreaker question. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. This is going to be Here's the tiebreaker. So... I just threw my pen. This is going to be so old. Are you ready for this? Yes. U.S. federal transportation guidelines require that the white dividing line dashes on U.S. highways uh-huh. must be this many feet long. Oh, my God. Closest without going over. The Where's dash? The Can I ask, is it an exact... 
like footage or is it? Yes. Okay. It's, a, it's a round. It's not a decimal Each place. dash has to be this long. Yes. That's the question? Yes. Each white line dividing dash, not the long ones, obviously, but the dashes on the highway must the be passable dashes. this long. Yes. That indicate you can pass in the lane or whatever. This according to U.S. Federal Transportation Guidelines. <laughs> somebody somebody on the Twitch chat, gift that. Gift that. No, smaller. Small, smaller. <laughs> Mego the Sm- size queen again. <laughs> smaller, Mego. All right. Jones, are you so done writing? Nervous. I can't see. How, how so close nervous. can your hands go together? Yes. <laughs> He's done. Mago right, looks I'm like done. she's still writing. <laughs> I believe I they're measuring. both done. I was measuring. This is the tiebreaker. Closest without going over. U.S. Federal Transportation Guidelines require the white dividing line dashes on U.S. highways must be this many feet long. Jones, what did you say? I said one foot. One foot. Mego, what did you say? Two feet. The correct answer is 10 feet. Mega wins. Congratulations, Mega. Wait, what do you mean? Hold on. Is the champion. I don't think I've understood the question Wait, the whole time. The the painted dashes have to be 10 feet long? They're 10 feet long. So if no I way. lay They're down, 10 feet long. it would That's be almost so false. two Megos? That can't be right. Look it up. As a member, as a member no of- way that the painted dashes are... Ten feet long. As a look mem- it up. As a member of, I t- accept my. Yeah, victory, I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to go look at the road. It's not okay, ten feet. Look at the road. Have you ever ten seen feet. a ten, ten no, foot never. dash? Nope. You know why they look smaller is because you're driving uh, fast past them. That's why. But they're ten feet. They're like longer right. than they're this. They're ten feet long. Okay, enough. As a member of Team Foot, I disagree. Uh, stay tuned. Rich Keith comes your way right now here on Weei.